the Around the NFL podcast. Cannot wait for the Grave Digger and Ricky Hollywood spinoff pod. From the Chris Wessling podcast studio. That is not happening. It's Around the NFL. <laughs> Free agency frenzy edition. A little corporate synergy. That's how they're spinning it over on the network. So we'll do the same. Why not? Free agent frenzy. The legal tampering period has opened. And now we will begin to digest all the madness and follow along in real time as we record shortly after 4 p.m. on the East Coast. Dan Hans is here. Greg Rosenthal. Mark Sessler. Greggy, this is your time of year. This is what I love about Greg. Follow Greg's Twitter right now. And he's got a bunch of no bullshit. I'm reading between the lines of these contracts and I'm telling you what's what. And you could feel the confidence as a man who's been doing this for well over a decade now. Greg, congratulations. This is your moment. Why does any compliment from you sound like a dig? Like underneath it. Well, Some see, sort that, of see, that's not fair. It's like it, it's the tweet version of this guy gets well, right, it. Exactly. That's, with, that's like, with that's, a wink. Yeah, if that's you go, with a wink. It's go actually, look at Dan's replies to some of these financially yeah, if, laden tweets from I, Greg. I, and you I, said to, me, you get the, the to me, it says more about you. I was just about to say that you, I was going to have to use that on you, one of your tropes. Yeah. that yeah. says more about you than it does me. Hey. I'm saying you're good at this, reading the tea leaves of yeah. contracts, and I don't know why you have to come from an adversarial it's angle. It's not back adversarial. At me. I'm just being real with you. Right. That's the, how this I... guy gets it with the arrow up towards your name. Okay, that was a little <laughs> bit. Slightly I was snarky. having some fun. I just yeah, having that, some fun. Right. Well, you I know, enjoyed it. it. You know, it's a big time of year <laughs> uh, for me, for you guys, for the network. When Michael Irvin comes storming through the newsroom storming like storming Norman and yelling at everyone there talking about that they are the backbone of this network and it's it's my new favorite moment of that newsroom I'll just do it because Greg you almost got it on your phone but we didn't have enough good footage so I'll just do a dramatization it was like let me move the mic up a little bit Oh, you out here, the backbone of this newsroom. You're the people that keep things going. But what's the problem here? How come there's no Cowboys jerseys? I need more Cowboys jerseys in here. Ah! The, that, no, no one knew how to interact with what was happening, but the Cowboy jersey was probably 50% of why he voiced his uh, opinion to begin with. He seemed genuinely then, agitated. And then that. Eisen is in front. You know, Eisen, Rich Eisen and Mike Lerb have been working together for a long time now at this network. Eisen's he's been through this with Irvin a million times and he has a look on his face like all right Michael's gonna do his thing now and I'm gonna wait it out and then Uh, I'm gonna head up on the stage and we're gonna do our free agency frenzy conversation what you disagree I just feel like and, and I love this about it anyone that has worked with Michael Irvin it feels like they love the Michael Irvin show can I tell you this let time. me clarify they love it it wasn't like Rich was gave an eye roll or anything yeah. it was more just like alright well this is the portion of the day where Mike goes crazy for five minutes and then we start to get yeah. ready and yeah. get mic'd up and do our stuff they know got, each other that well I got more fired up He, I can imagine if, if you were his teammate before a big game and this, oh, this is our yeah. big game you know, he fired me and up. that newsroom and I've said it I think on the show and we've spoken off mic about it a lot the thing I we love this new building is really cool and it's it, it really you really feel like you work for the NFL working at the new building that opened up l- late last year but what I miss about the old building in Culver City was the spirit of the newsroom 
That was a little shot in the arm. The newsroom newsroom needed that shot in the arm. It's uh, I mean, you know, it's been described as you know something approaching mausoleum status. Um, our newsroom at times. So like even on Sundays, the three of us would be there, and there'd be you know whispers, hushed whispers. So it is anti. Um, uh, it's unlike our past newsroom. Speaking, we of, needed that. Speaking of Sunday, um, nice little Sunday at the house. Uh, did some yard work. Then I had the grill going. Had a Modelo. We're doing some fish tacos. That was nice. Was listening to some tunes. Tom Brady comes out of retirement. Quote, unquote, retirement. Told you guys. Told you it was going to happen. Why didn't yeah, you believe me? Well, we did shot. believe well, Who didn't believe we, you? Thanks, we, the second that he started whispering about coming back, at that point, we didn't push back. My <laughs> big take was he is going to retire, and he did. And the the the, the, the signs were pointing towards that he is going to retire this time. Do we count You that? said he didn't, and he did. And then once he immediately started backtracking on the uh, Jim Gray podcast like six days later. <laughs> the Jim Gray for podcast. For whatever. <laughs> uh, then you were right. It's the so, Let's Go podcast, sir. Let's go. Uh, I, I think why he's going back to football is he didn't juice the numbers. Still no one's listening to the Jim Gray <laughs> podcast compared to the Around the NFL podcast. Be interesting strategy if that's why. I, don't, I was yeah. not he's surprised like, we're on still any at level 35,000 downloads? This well, is not you surprising. Guys, you guys took me on the sandwich. I, but I, I, yeah. I want to go. Yeah. I even think I took you because I take everyone on every sandwich. Smart. But – there were, but I have been telling you, you know, I, this was incorrect. He was in the Niners before. and we stuff. Were, we were right about that. You, the way you worded it is, he won't retire, and we were right. He didn't that. retire. Well, if you, then he had uh, retired. If you want to live on that hill, if, that's fine with he me. He did not All file the those papers. Are fake he anyway. did not file those papers. He, if, uh, he didn't file the papers. There you right. go. But I guess what's always surprised me about it, Greggy, to you personally, is that you followed his career closer than anyone in this room, and it just never made sense to me that he would ever go out like that go out as one of the best if not the best quarterback in the league still he's just such a maniac and he proved it and you know some clown college at Dan Shaughnessy has been writing for the Boston Globe forever and I don't want to turn this into an anti-New England fans this is more Shaughnessy uh, uh, ripping him is selfish and petulant and attention <laughs> no grabbing. One, no, no, and one. like, how dare he do this on the day the March Madness teams are selected and Kevin Garnett's jersey is raised to the rafters for the Boston Celtics? Dude, are you, you are giving all the Boston fans a bad name with a column like that. That is being projecting. Published. That is what. That's some classic projecting in in terms of pointing at Tom Brady for look at me when he's writing that a co- column like that. You, that said, no Dan one showing to see a lot. Yeah, no one. If I had some aspect of this beat, I have been telling you from the minute he, you know, authored this quasi BS retirement that the whole I'm going to sit at home and wax my shoes and take ch- walk the children to school, that he would be ultra bored with that and he was. within a fortnight. And he <laughs> and that the minute you saw the beach photo of him and Giselle, you knew he was coming back. He was so, look on his he face, was so bored. He was so bored. And that's Giselle. <laughs> well, the weird, that was three weeks ago. But right. the weird thing is, in terms of everything he's done so far in the offseason, in terms of hanging out with his family and all that, Nothing's changed. I mean, he hasn't even gotten OTAs yet. The only, the thing that changed was he had the mindset that he was no longer preparing. That's for a huge next, change, right? That's a huge change. But even like like this is not a time of year where you're usually with teammates with the team, and it, he couldn't even make it through that. That's all I'm saying is he couldn't even he deal OTA. with the adjustment of the mindset of the February Nine. to March corridor, which is the quietest time of year for NFL players. Like, he didn't even get close. I don't even think he got a week 
into it. He didn't he didn't like that mindset. Part of me loves that he's coming back because I get to watch him play football again. But I've been consistent on this podcast that the last thing I want to do is see him decline ever. That would make me so bummed out. And I just thinking about even how 2019 played out somewhat was was a bummer for me and I didn't want that to continue. So part of me is a little worried as a Brady fan that he's probably not going to leave the NFL now as the best quarterback in the league, which is what I believed he was in 2021. You could argue, you know, he's top that, two or three. He's yeah. probably not going to leave that way. Most likely it's not going to end well because that's the way, that's the truth for every quarterback, but maybe he'll prove us and all that's wrong okay, once though. again. And that's it's why, okay. As a fan, okay. that makes sense, your angle on that. But for Tom Brady, I imagine where he's at ultimately and coming out of retirement tells you a lot. I want to see how far I can take this. And if that, when he does retire, if he retires next year or three years from now or five years from now, when he can't play anymore, he personally will have no questions. He'll know I played as long as I could until my body said no more. That always made more sense with Brady. I guess one question I have, Mark, is I'm sure I don't remember it. It was a few years ago now, a couple years ago, but we did a lengthy Brady Patriots postmortem uh, when that relationship ended. I know we dedicated 30 minutes of a podcast to Brady retiring uh, a month ago or 40 days ago. When he does retire again, at what point do we do we just say, hey, oh, and finally in the news, Tom Brady is retired. Or does he get a 30-minute top of show every time he retires at this point? We will absolutely do 30 minutes because we will not be, we will, even if we go insane, we're going to do three minutes. We will do 33 minutes. Because we have zero control Excellent. when it comes to discussing anything verbally about the sport on any level. Well, especially especially Tom Brady. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, I'm glad I I'm glad I did not write the Tom Brady remembrance. You know, I didn't. At least we didn't. I didn't write and a lot of people did personally because I feel like okay, we spent that podcast time, but we can reuse that. Um, you know, <laughs> and he'll have new uh, a new like. Four seasons and two more Super Bowl appearances to talk about by the time he if he finally retired. I do wonder if this Bucks team, though, is as well positioned as the last two to well, potentially like get him to the Super Bowl. Not again. along the offensive line to start. Well, you saw immediately Brady's return paid some dividends because center Ryan Jensen came back on a three-year, $39 million contract. Uh, that's one of the many deals that went down uh, on Monday. Uh, yes, it will be different. Uh, they brought back the whole team last year. It's not happening this year. I also wonder, this is a little conspiracy theory, because there were reports about some strain between Brady and Arians at the end of year two, whether this was more of a, I don't want to call it a ploy, but Brady was investigating a possibility of quote-unquote retirement and then being able to pivot and get traded somewhere like San Francisco or wherever to set up whatever would be the final chapter in his mind of his career. But instead, the Bucks were pretty strong and uh, publicly uh, about we're not trading him anywhere. And once he saw the writing on the wall there, he didn't want to sit out. I, I, I fully believe that. I think he went into this retirement mode to tell the Buccaneers, I'm not yours next season. I might be someone else's. You can maybe get something for me, but I'm not yours. And then it didn't work because Arians came out about as strong as possible <laughs> at the combine and said, you know, who's played this well? He did. He yeah. he shifted into alpha mode where did it's like he? I'm not he talking up yes, Blaine Gabbert and annoying Tom Brady. Ah, yeah, that was that was earlier on that, though. That was earlier I don't think on. He had maybe motivating to do with Tom it. Brady a little he, bit. He played it well because ultimately, what's the result? Tom Brady is back in the fold as their quarterback, sure, and not but someone else. Sure, because Tom Brady had no option, and I don't think it had much to do with. 
Arians necessarily. It had to do with his contract. Why would they? Why would they let him go? But it was interesting to see that Brady went to the UK uh, to talk to the Glazers. Uh, well, why do you think he did? If I, if, I if there's know. no smoke or to any of this, I I just think that it ultimately he would want to finish his career with that chance to play for the Niners. I maybe that, we that don't. Could, we'll never know been, that. I don't that know. That could have been part of it, but to me, to go that far and then it's announced shortly afterwards, it was probably crossing the T's, dotting the I's of like, look, this, he's the most powerful person in the organization, other than the owner. Let's talk about some things. Maybe Brady had certain ideas of how he wants this next season to go with Arians, how that relationship or without Arians. Well, how that relationship's going to work, practicing off season, like who knows what they're going to do to attack. Maybe they're going to be adjusting his contract because there is a lot hanging out there. You mentioned Jensen resign for less money, I think, than he, he probably could have gotten free agency. So that's the Brady effect. But Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Indomitian Sue, William Golston, JPP. Okay, maybe you can lose most of those guys except for Gronk. Carlton Davis, Jordan Whitehead, two starters in the secondary. Not a lot of cap space to, to basically no cap space available right now. It, it's going to be a challenging option. Ali Marpet retires. Uh, Alex Kappa left uh, in free agency today. So there's a lot There's a lot to handle, and, and who knows what kind of influence Brady is getting now uh, by returning. Guards, you know, listen, both guards absent. Hey, one thing about Tom Brady he doesn't like. Pressure right back up the middle. That's a good point. Keep an eye on it. Get a sign. Look what place. happened when the offensive line was shattered towards the end of the season. They looked like a December team. I do appreciate, though, he timed it right um, as Walker's first game uh, for his Little League season <laughs> was going to start, and I've signed up as an assistant coach. I was just getting in the car, and I got the text to write about it. And um, so – and I, I was unavailable Couldn't for two, two hours. I was like, I could maybe do it when I get back in two hours, and they moved on. So uh, I appreciated the timing. Any Could other time work. of day, I would have I would have gotten stuck with it. This happened minutes before <laughs> I went and played tennis with my with my wife and two <laughs> small children, and utterly destroyed them on the court. We we had a uh, we have a mutual friend down in Taipei, Jason, the old mayor there. Uh, who uh, sent me an email? We had been corresponding, and he said, "Tell Sessler that it was great to see that he, you know, beat up on his family in tennis." And I thought he confused names, Greg and Mark, because I didn't see your tweet. I said, "Mark playing tennis? I couldn't imagine such a thing." But uh, there you go. You I played were. tennis for years as a youth, and have not picked up a racket in almost two decades. And it was like riding a bike. Um, I, my, I figure my you, forehand was All you powerful. people in your uh, leafy Connecticut uh, suburbs uh, play tennis, so that checks out. Well, that's that. I, I almost can't deny that. I did play <laughs> tennis as a child. But I would like to, if I could see better, because I can't see like what's happening on the other sure. side of the court. You, you own I glasses. Would challenge Put the glasses on. Not he while wants you're, to look hot. I don't wanna, wants, yeah, you got to also look. He wants to go look, Agassi 92. Right, you have to also look appealing on the court while playing, so I'm not putting glasses on. <laughs> Like appealing while playing with your family. <laughs> All right. So Brady, obviously huge, huge uh, domino falls on Sunday evening. Um, a bunch of other news happened between our last show Thursday and um, – now, so we're going to kind of spin through that, and then, like we said, this is all ha- unfolding in real time right now, uh, shortly past four o'clock on the East Coast. So we're going to go through what has happened so far today, Monday. Uh, but uh, why don't we get caught up here before we get to all that, boys? So, Deshaun Watson 
a Harris County, Texas grand jury declined to indict Deshaun Watson on sexual assault charges. This happened on Friday. And then immediately once that happens, not that everything is clear with Watson, obviously far from it, but the criminal side is clear. The the side that could have him in prison is clear. Uh, so that means dominoes are going to fall in this uh, situation most likely and perhaps soon. Daniel Jeremiah reported that the expectation around the league is that the Seahawks will trade for Watson. Rap Sheet reported uh, this weekend that the Panthers and Saints have made trade offers for Watson. Uh, meetings are set up reportedly. With meetings those two are teams. set up. ESPN reported that the Browns are doing due diligence on veteran quarterbacks, perhaps Deshaun Watson. Um, Greg, so this is uh, obviously happening now with Watson and whatever team pulls the trigger on the trade is willing to live with the still mystery around him with the litigation on the civil side. And of course, a potential lengthy suspension by the NFL. Yeah. If a team is willing to, and the, the fact that they're meeting with them is an indication. I don't necessarily put that much stock into the words from the insiders that this deal is happening soon. I'm not discounting it totally, but the same exact insiders who are basically doing the work for Deshaun Watson's agent told us that the deal is probably happening soon last August. And then they told us that it's probably happening last October. And so they were wrong in both of those cases, pushing that that the deal is close to happening uh, in multiple timelines. It seems much more likely that it is going to be happening in, in this timeline, in the free agency timeline. But even if you go back to Friday, they made it sound like it could be a matter of hours. It's like this idea that they're trying to push it through as quickly as possible before anyone gets pushed back from the public. Number one, there's, you know, like a Panthers beat writer, Joe Person, puts out a, a poll and most Panthers fans don't want Deshaun Watson coming to their team, according to his poll. There's been a lot of pushback uh, in the Saints uh, Twitter community, the Saints Twitter podcast, certainly, you know, pushing back that they wouldn't want him. And I, I think at some point you have to recognize that the same uncertainty that Watson had last March when this all started in the in that uncertainty is the civil cases. And that uncertainty is the NFL suspension exists in the exact same way now. The criminal case, people kind of forget, didn't start until more than a month later, was always believed to be a, a bit of a long shot that he would uh, face any criminal charges. It, it is a huge um, positive for Deshaun Watson and his agent to move this thing along. And I think ultimately it, it will. But the suspension could be massive, right? I mean, we, we don't know, but based on Ezekiel Elliott, and based on Ben Roethlisberger as some precedent, I think the suspension could be lengthy, and we have no idea how long it would be. I hear you. I would just say that I don't think that Mickey Loomis, based on what we're hearing, or the Panthers' front office, coaching staff and ownership, care at all what people think on Twitter or Twitter polls on but any level. But what we're hearing is from the Panthers the have been working for nine straight months on this. And the Saints are obviously serious about this. The Browns, I think, have no chance in this, but are have been serious, look, seriously looking into this. And it's cynical. I'm not saying I love the environment that it's happening in on any level, but I think that your average general manager in this race is thinking that the average fan won't care six months from now if you have a star quarterback winning games. When he throws for 380 yards and four touchdowns, like it or not, and this is not taking down fans. Don't, and don't conflate that with us saying right. we want that it, to happen at it, all. It, no, it, we're not, as we don't. unpopular as the move might be if it happens in March, I think the owners and the front offices 
are probably viewing this as we'll get by on that. And and then I also think this is when Watson's and this is one thing that has been kind of set aside for obvious reasons. But Watson is a Hall of Fame level talent on the field and his first five years in the league, you could stack it up against any first five years that we've seen uh, statistically uh, for an up and down Texans organization. He's 26. So let's say the suspension and just throwing darts here. Let's say it's eight games. Let's say it's a year. I still think a team is willing to eat that and know, all right, we're going to have this guy uh, in his late twenties, the way the game is played now, the way the quarterbacks are protected, the way these guys take care of themselves, this guy could be a ten to twelve year elite starter, even after we get past whatever the suspension could be. Right, and we're wrong if no one signs him ever. <laughs> well, well, no, I'm sorry because like that's that like it, some uh, it, it's going to take one team, and there are already multiple teams of interested. Course, of course, it's going to happen. My my point is with timeline, and it's also not too late for these teams to change their mind based on a public pressure or b new information like t- like fan bases have influence all right new information we have influence uh, new information my my point is all of the information of like we're hearing from the front offices and from the from Watson's side is coming with self-interest to push this along. And that's happened to begin with. I mean, Adam Schefter embarrassed himself on Friday by passing along uh, the tweets from the agent that essentially was like, they've been waiting for the truth to come out and now it's out. Watson's first tweet essentially in since this all started uh, was what was it? Quote, when you stand on the truth, the Lord will free you. So in with with free and truth in caps. So he is not admitting to anything. They are pushing back as hard as they possibly can. I think that makes the next step of this process more difficult for him and for any team that that gets him because everyone that's that and people are in my mentions and pe- people get worked up about it. I know we'll get to the exciting like free agency this day. Uh, news of the day stuff first, but th- this stuff is important too. Haven't read the cases. Anyone that is saying like, hey, there's no criminal charges. Isn't this a free country? Like you haven't read the cases. Like if anyone wants to go through the cases and Jenny Ventus is reporting and just read all of them, there's there's no gray area in this case. It, it is what it is like. And the fact that he want, he is going to want to apparently push back indefinitely, which means the civil thing could last a long time and that could all affect the NFL suspension to me changes his next destination and changes how palatable that is for the fans. I, I like everything you're saying. I like, I think we we agree with you. Like, first of all, like there's no comment here about uh, his place in this morally and in, in whether he's innocent right. or not at all. Like, I mean, well, I preferably he never plays again. I am just stating that the way that, you would the want NFL him to never work. play again? I'm not that saying that that's what that I far. want. I'm just saying, like, the idea that teams are going to fall in line and not sign him because of X, Y, and Z, I just disagree. It's too, we live and in I too cynical it, of a oh, world no, right I, now. I, of course I think it's going to happen at some point. I'm just saying this is all informing what's coming up next. And, and if it took longer than everyone's saying, days, hours, you know, it, that wouldn't shock me because already people with this self-interest – uh, have been wrong about that in the past. Right. And, but I, I will say, I believe, based on everything we know now, that this trade gets done in the next week. 
I, I just think there's enough momentum now and that hurdle of the criminal case being cleared. I tend to agree with you because there's more than one team interested. By Watson's side. That I think we'll see, though. I, I don't I don't know what stands in the way at this point because teams, there's a, there's a clock that these teams are on with the draft coming up. Free agency is right now that they're going to want to figure it out. If they want him, this is the time to get him and then figure out your franchise plan for 2022 well, and beyond. The fact that Watson is meeting with the Panthers and Saints is a strong indication that the Panthers and the Saints are the favorites to get him because he he has a no trade clause. He has some control in this matter. The fact that he's taking those meetings first and we'll see if he even has both meetings necessarily would indicate that those two teams are pretty far along in the process in terms of what the compensation would be. And I'd love to know the order of those meetings because, you know, with the way free agency works, depending on where you go first, that might be key. I, I would imagine, like, there are whispers out there that if Cleveland was ever in the mix, that he doesn't want to play in a cold city, he doesn't want to play in Cleveland probably to begin right. with, and that would change things. I, I the, the last thing on this is just that, so many people have shown their ass, I think, in terms of how it was covered that even someone like me, who I feel like I'm not a naive person and I can be cynical about the coverage, has kind of been floored that the lessons in theory that anyone and in, in all these people were covering the league back in the Greg Hardy, Ray Rice era, the, the mistakes that people made in covering those cases have been made like twofold in this case uh, when when. Schefter tweeted out that he knew that the tw- the truth would come out uh, and they were waiting for this. Like, I couldn't believe it. And you do hear in a different way on Twitter uh, and and in conversation, certainly, too, that I think the the attitude towards women is like, yeah, they're going to say the right things publicly. But it's like a lot of people don't give a shit about women like they hate women. Like and it sort of comes out in, in the coverage of this, of how like, unseriously people take it or how unserious they take uh, doing their job in terms of reading the like the actual I mean, hate report. Women. I mean, that's yeah, that's like I don't, I'm not but saying I, they don't hate their sister. They don't hate their their wives. They don't hate the women in their lives, but as a larger group, they don't, they don't you're, you're ultimately... You're talking about NFL insiders? Sh- certainly, like, show, showing, like, I- insiders, like, anyone taking it sort of seriously, or even, re- like, going back and just reading the, the cases. Because I, I think if they would, if they had any sort of empathy or humanity, it's like they would be covering the, it differently. Schefter's got to... Oh, that was bad. That that has to be a teaching moment. That that I should thought be taught he would get every suspended. I thought he would get suspended. I thought he would get suspended. That needs to be something that if you're you know learning how to be a reporter, you have aspirations to be an insider. How not to get played and turn yourself into a laughing stock on social media. Um, and he, and, and he then, followed up with an apology right. tweet. And it's just like, whoa, buddy, how did we get here? And we'll move on. But the same mistakes were happening on Monday when multiple insiders are tweeting out the exact same tweet that are exactly written by an agent. Now, it didn't it wasn't uh, content that was explosive like a Deshaun Watson where you should be checking that. But these mistakes like keep happening. It Like if you are working for the agents, you're ultimately not a trustworthy news. What story. did I say, Mark, at the top of this episode? That What's it would that? be 197 minutes long. <laughs> this guy gets it. Oh, Greg Rosenthal. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. Uh, and now we got Justin Graver behind the glass. What's up, buddy? Just had to play my own <laughs> drop, you know. 
It, well, you wouldn't have to if Erica Tamposi was with us for the biggest news week of the offseason. But uh, she had made her decisions, and we will be fine. We still got a loaded crew behind the glass. We got Gravedigger. We got Zach Sally. We got Big Randy. We got Stapleton behind the glass. We'll be okay. All-star crew. But this will not be forgotten. Remember, if she doesn't come back with a ring... Does she come back at all? That's now. Let's have a let's have a discussion maybe <laughs> off mic about that. Flashpoint. Those are flashpoint. Erica Tamposi. Those are the stakes. Justin. <laughs> Justin, how are you? By the way, buddy, are you ready for this week? This is this really is a a step up behind the glass in terms of this company. I think I'm ready. I don't know. You'll have to tell me how I do after one day, and we'll see if we will. I mean, we're surprised you're even here after that Ben Jones re-signing. I just thought you'd be running through the streets naked. I I was throwing a party, (laughs) but I had to cancel it quick for this show. Um, It's a nice nice deal. You know, you got him for a lot cheaper than Ryan Jensen, so nice nice deal by the Titans. Speaking of um, parties, any uh, housewarming party at your new uh, abode? <laughs> I'm playing this against my will. <laughs> Just uh, like some solo parties, one guest. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> See, he can't help himself because he's so proud. Yeah, you do. Uh, you do consistently provide new information on a topic that there you like claim a, uh, you want clamped down. Yes. Well, things are a little calmer now. Yeah. Is this like the Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian? Situation of NFL media, ultimately. That's that's what I want everyone to think about. Is that what we have going on behind the glass? Graver sending out texts like, I'm in bed with your wife right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so Graver's behind the glass. We feel good about it. Not feeling good about Ricky and her decision-making, but we forge forward. Let's get to the rest of the news uh, that we – um, have seen gone down. Mark, you got a new number one wide receiver. Amari Cooper heads to the Cleveland Browns, acquired from the Cowboys in exchange for a 2022 fifth round pick. Uh, they also swapped six round picks, Cleveland and Dallas. It, it It is a largely, there could be some more stuff behind the scenes because the Cowboys didn't seem to be overly happy with Cooper in general. But when you look at where cow, the Cowboys were heading into the league year, they are having some cap issues. So you take a guy that's one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league and you send him elsewhere and market. It does fill an area of need uh, for the Browns. Jarvis Landry was subsequently granted his release. Odell Beckham obviously left. So there was a glaring need for a number one. How do you feel about this trade? I think they had the worst wide receiver room in the league. Um, you know, if you assume that Landry was out, I mean, they, there's Donovan Peoples Jones, who I like him as a piece next to a number one. I like the deal because, you know, when I when it was announced, and I was thinking, well, what are they going to? What are the Browns give up for this on top of taking on a big salary? They gave up a fifth and flipped two six-round picks. I mean, it is another example of Andrew Barry in general. If you're willing to say we're going to have to spend money for good players essentially never getting fleeced in these deals. And I think from that angle, like they addressed a need. There's no question that Amari Cooper is a clear number one. Um, I like I would it. question. I think there is a question. I don't That's think why there is. I don't think, I think for Cleveland, that, well, I think for Cleveland, he fits number one status. There's only so many guys out there. They can address it in the draft as well. And you have remade your wide receiver room entirely. I think that it gives them a flexibility to also go uh, defensive tackle, which is probably their second major void on that roster right now. 
I like the deal for Cleveland. I'm not surprised uh, that that they would be the team to do it. I am surprised that 30 other teams passed. They, I'm not. It's not a big surprise that they didn't have to give up much because the expectation was all 31 teams were going to pass and say, we don't want that contract. That that was curious to me because the contract to me isn't bad. He's due $20 million in each of the next three years. But they didn't have to give up any upfront money, no guarantees, so they can cut him at any time with n- no pain whatsoever. It's basically a one-year, $20 million contract. And so every team in the NFL was saying, we wouldn't give Amari Cooper a one-year, $20 million contract. Now, that says something about Amari Cooper. I don't think the league sees him as a true number one. He's sort of in between, and that and that's fine. He's by far the best Browns receiver, and he's a top 25 receiver at the very least. He's just not like the guy who's going to put up 1,400 yards and catch 90 passes. He's not that guy. He's never done it before. There's not a great reason to think he'll do it now. I I am flummoxed in a league where Kirk, Christian Kirk's going to get $18 million a year base salary, and, and these receivers are— it happened are, after. I get Obviously, it, but you, but you kind of could see it coming that Mike Williams gets $20 million a year that no one wanted Amari Cooper. And and so I think it made a lot of sense for the Browns. Well, I, someone did, the Browns, but maybe most but, teams were thinking, we'll let him go to market. We're not, we don't want to... Right, but they knew they saw the contract. They could have given up. I'm sure the, they saw it weeks ago. They were putting this out there. We're going to cut him. That was the big for sale sign that, like, please, someone give us an offer. No one no one topped that. I think it, I think I think it makes sense. That's a, yeah, I think it's a good move. It's why you have that cap space, basically. Yeah, I think it's a good move by Cleveland. I I would say my only concern would be some reports about him having issues. He wants the ball more. And how does that work when you go to Cleveland when the last guy, Odell, talked his way out of town behind the scenes with his dad's help? And then Jarvis Landry didn't talk the last half of the season. There was a lot of unhappiness with quarterback play. And right now, as things stand, the quarterback's still there. Yeah, I think that the the flip side to this is that this isn't me dancing around the room with a ton of optimism. I think that it's super clear Cleveland is unhappy with their quarterback situation right now. They are fishing around for answers on that front. And they had to clear out that almost that entire wide receiver room because the tweets and the overall overt support for Odell Beckham after he left and for, from the team to Jarvis Landry today in a way, is counter to how they feel about B- Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Everyone's silent on the Baker Mayfield front. And Robinson or uh, Cooper said, I cannot wait to play with Baker, blah, blah, blah. We'll see. It just seems <laughs> to me like a situation that could turn ugly again next season. The, the, the great thing is he's only 28. He's turning 28 this year. How is Amari Cooper only One of those tur- guys. turning Sammy Watkins all-star. 28 years? How is Jarvis Landry only 29? I, I feel I like think, he's like 37 years now, old. Now that I think about it more, I think it says more just about this incoming crop of rookies that – Teams just feel like they can find receivers in the draft, and I'm sure the Browns feel that way too. They might draft one as well. They need more than just one, and, and maybe that's why I think no that one is a wanted huge to give thing them to that do much with money. It. I, I do. I don't like. I hear you if you're not. You don't think he's a number one, but in this market, if you have no one at wide receiver, and the Browns were desperate, Cooper fits right. number one for next season. He's never topped 1,200 yards, but he's topped. He's between 1,000 and 1,200 five different times. Have we heard from him yet? By the way, is he happy to be traded to Cleveland? I wonder. He did just say. I saw quotes that he that that sounded Sorry. very supportive. But I mean, what what is he going to say? Is he going to come out and be malcontent Sorry, right out of the game? My, my producer's not here, so my other producer Justin, we're working out some kinks behind I, the scenes. I totally yeah. understand the dynamic. Yes. He also has Mari Cooper. Actually, hasn't spoken in eight years of being an NFL player. I've like I've never seen his <laughs> lips move. He has no mouth, actually. 
That's a little fun fact. Well, that would be useful in Cleveland for once. <laughs> in other news, the Steelers have identified uh, their solution behind center. Or at least, they, at least they hope they have. And I love it. This one's spicy. This is spicy, Greggy, not just uh, in the AFC North um, for Steelers fans, but also for the Around the NFL podcast. Because Mark's old friend, Mitch Trubisky, has signed a agreed to terms on a all these deals become official Wednesday. So nothing's signed yet unless you're already a member of a team for an extension. But these teams, all these become official on Wednesday. A two year contract agreed to. Um, this is the same Trubisky who's gotten breathless coverage over the last month or so. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, I'm not saying he's deserving of breathless coverage. He does sign to be a starting quarterback for an AFC team that's been, um, you know, relevant for decades. So, Mark, Mitch Trubisky, a man that you were never high on coming out of uh, North Carolina um, you are as right. the number two overall pick. Now, Trubisky has one last chance to stick it to you in the AFC North. I don't get it at all. Um, I don't know what Pittsburgh's ultimate plan here is. He he is clearly their start. Like I give him the a, a obvious ch- ch- a choice to lead over Mason Rudolph going into where they are right now. Uh, to me, it's like Mason. But we were told Mason Rudolph was a good option. Well, at least they we lied. didn't we didn't buy that. Although yeah. they're throwing it out there, that's like nothing's changed with Rudolph. He's uh, still competing to start. Okay. Well, I mean, I think they they don't have an answer, but they 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 did talk to the Niners about Jimmy G. I think that that the game plan with Jimmy G probably has teams maybe a little freaked at this point. But Mitch Trubisky seems to be this quarterback that is thriving in this, like you mentioned, this hoopla around him, because everyone blames the Bears and how the Bears used him. I keep hearing that over and over that teams don't really look at what Chicago did with Mitch Trubisky and blame Mitch Trubisky. They blame the Bears. Fine. There's a ton of bad tape on Mitch Trubisky where he's making terrible decisions and doing things an NFL starter should not be doing. I don't care if he's on the Bears or he's on a high school team. It's not <laughs> adequate. And so Pittsburgh's going to run into the same issue. I, I want to see the contract. <laughs> Sizzler. I mean, you're talking about what? my time of year. It's Sizzler heat season. No, I mean, that's, but, come I, on. Can I just why, say, why, Mark? This Mark. is every free agency report, though. I've been here all day long listening to multiple states we are overinflating every one of these players, and then the real game start. And it's like, oh, it's week three, and the Steelers understand finally okay, that well, Mr. Bisky is not a competent here, starter. Here's the thing: We're, he's not being overinflated in this room right now. I will say this though: the Steelers, like the Colts and these other teams that are kind of stuck in QB purgatory right now, there aren't a lot of like great answers where you are right. If you are looking, if you feel like you can contend for a playoff spot, but you don't have a quarterback. There aren't a lot of great options, and that's how you end up overpaying for Carson Wentz or Jimmy G. Or Jimmy G, yeah. And so Mitch Trubisky is of that same ilk to me, maybe a step below based on what he's shown us in his career. Um, but If, if he was paid $10, he was overpaid. All right. <laughs> I get it. You All don't right, like I'll, him. I'll, we get I'll it. Unplug, I'll, We're with you. I'll no, unplug on it. That is the, <laughs> that is the uh, IG you know, quote. I'm annoyed right. now. Just let's have a still, <laughs> Graver. I don't want to tell you how to do your job. Let's have a still, a nah. mark and like a funny funny face. And it was if it's paid $10, that's too much on but, the Trubisky so signing. So my point is whether you are the commanders, whether uh, you are this team, the Steelers, you could just say, all right, we, we're in a tough spot. 
we kind of put ourselves in this box. We knew Ben was retiring, but we never really got things set up. So we'll see what happens with Trubisky. We wanted a mobile quarterback. We made that very clear. Now we have it. And if it doesn't work, we'll get rid of him. And next year is a better quarterback class. It's going to be a fresh crop of guys on the market. And we could try this again. So I think he's nothing more than a stopgap slash. Huh, we have a hunch about him. We'll see how it plays out. There's no long-term commitment you to know Mitch what? Trubisky. After everything I've said, he'll probably blow up and be the comeback player of the year. I mean, this is that's, that's why just, it's spicy. It's just I'm, as equally a narrative. I'm with you that I have no uh, belief. What did you say? $10 he was worth? Yeah. $10 over two years. an overpay. Uh, I'm with you that I have no interest in Trubisky, but to me, I want to see the contract before I have too strong of an opinion on it. The fact that we haven't seen the money usually is a sign that there's not that much money and my suspicion is it's one of those contracts that is not really a starter contract it's like a high level backup contract where he's the favorite over Mason Rudolph and I believe personally that they're a strong candidate to draft a quarterback in the first round or the second round still and if that's the case that that's fine I personally would rather have Andy Dalton than Mitchell Trubisky I, I think he's uh, a better player right now, and and you can say maybe he doesn't have the the upside, but I'd rather have the other one B options. But if the contract isn't that high, if it's like nine or ten million dollars per season, that that's my guess, and they might draft someone. Okay, that's fine. You're just kind of kicking the can for a if year. If they draft someone of note in like the first round where they're sitting. A lot of what I've said goes away. That You're makes right. sense, though. Yeah, it does. I mean, no, because Trubisky, you know, none of these guys are ready to start day one, most likely, and Trubisky holds And holds if they the don't floor. draft anyone, that makes sense, too, because it will just affirm that they don't like this draft class. So let's find somebody else, a veteran, to handle this year and see what happens. How about this? Here's a, That said, I would have taken Teddy, you know. I, mean, just, I know you would, buddy. Here's the best-case-slash-worst-case scenario for this show, Greg. Sunday Night Football, Week 7. Trubisky goes off for three touchdowns, passing, one rushing, Steelers 34, Browns 20. And then we go right back to the studio to tape. I'm going to go worst case because <laughs> that is not a good case. I, I've, um, been, I've been dumping on Mitch Trubisky, too, for five years, too. So I'm, I'm, I'm on team Mark here. I, uh, this would the, be – I don't want to see that. I can I, already I understand I don't have as much at stake. No. And, uh, but I also, yeah, um, I don't like, you know, Mark being angry makes me uncomfortable. I already uh, can tell that <laughs> I'm going to be getting crushed on this entire diatribe. We have developing news. I love it. It's a great spicy subplot, Mark. Uh, I don't wish pain for you, but it would be interesting <laughs> if you had a nice year. Yes, you do. Developing news. Ooh, I like this one. From the aforementioned Adam Schefter, former Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater intends to sign a one-year deal to be the backup QB. I put, I'm going to put backup QB in air quotes for the Miami Dolphins per league, per league sources. So there you go, Greggy. So Bridgewater has now made the transition, as I believe should have been the case for a couple of years. He's signing a true backup uh, deal. But if you're a Teddy fan, there are worse places to go than this Mike McDaniel offense with Tua, who a lot of people aren't sold on yet. He could have yeah, a chance here. I like it. I like him in that system. He hasn't really been uh, in that style of system. I think he has some of the strengths of, of Tua, uh, certainly or uh, experience and could be a, a better version of him. And I, I think it makes sense for the Dolphins, too, to have – uh, a fail safe here if the, it doesn't click with Tua and Mike McDaniel. You have the best backup quarterback in the league all of a sudden in an offensive system that I think is going to be spicy, intriguing, and a great place for any quarterback. Over under on how many starts he makes? Four. 
Well, Tua, However, did Tua stay healthy last year? I think he did. No. No? No, he missed them. How month. about I'd say not even Tua's health. Let's say Tua is healthy, but oh. Tua's performance. I'm going four for some reason. All right. Uh, no, I, I would say starts for Tua. I'll set it 12 and a half. Tua missed five games last year, five starts. Uh, that would yeah. be an over for Teddy then. Okay. Four and a half plus 12 over. and a half is 17. I'm bang that over. It's basically <laughs> what is their record <laughs> answer that. on October 30th? Exactly. You know, if they are four and three, Tua will continue to be the starting quarterback. If they are two and five, he will no longer be the starting And the, the previous best backup quarterback in football is Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that was under a different leadership with Brian Flores. But Flores could not stomach the sight of giving Tua big snaps when he could see a playoff berth in sight, and Ryan Fitzpatrick kept on going into the lineup. Now you have another very capable backup. Is he the best backup? That that sounds like a great June podcast episode segment. Best yeah, backup Andy quarterback. Dalton, him. And he was, you know. Yeah, he was the backup in New Orleans uh, when he ripped off five wins, not playing like that well. So he did have one year as a, as a true backup uh, with the Saints. Uh, but it, it makes sense to me. There aren't really other starting jobs available. I don't think Carolina was bringing them back. All right, we're playing a little catch-up here. This was annoying. It happened on Friday um, or on Thursday, I think, Thursday. after our TV show, yeah. after our podcast taping. So, you know, come on. What's up, Chargers? Chargers acquire outside linebacker Khalil Mack from the Bears in exchange for a 2022 second-round pick and 2023 sixth-round pick. Uh, not a huge haul there, Mark, for – Khalil Mack, who obviously was at the center of one of the biggest trades of the previous decade when he went from the Raiders to the Bears. On paper, it looks really good for L.A., who doesn't have to give up a lot, takes on the rest of his contract, and now Joey Bosa has a buddy to go get the quarterback if Mack and his surgically repaired foot are legit and healthy. I think one of the worst things that happened in all of last football season, and it's and it robbed us of um, something that would have been magical in January, was that 35 to 32 loss the Chargers suffered to the Raiders that sent the snooze fest Steelers into the playoffs. I can only wonder oh. what would have happened in that game had you had Khalil Mack. The Chargers, despite Brandon Staley's genius, gave up 25 plus points nine times last year. They were 26 defensive DVOA. They needed someone next to Bosa. You're in a division that is becoming spicier by the minute with intense quarterback play. I like this for the Chargers, even if I'm not convinced Khalil Mack is maybe as great a player as he was a couple years ago. You say despite Brandon well, Staley's that's a great genius. Point, Mark. Oh, hey, look at that. Thank you. Is genius. Well, right. I, You're still I think on Staley corner. I respect it. I think it. that he is regarded as a one of the boy geniuses in the league. Has he proven that as a head coach? We'll see. I, I think he was he was strong, but their it was defense casually, it was casually dashed off. That's all. Their defense their defense was bad <laughs> under Staley, which was uh, a surprise, a disappointment. Their defense last year. So having Khalil Mack as a second pass rusher, that Joey Bosa is getting the attention slid to him. That's massive. Cleo Mack has never not been a uh, an elite run stopper. At the very least, he's over there causing havoc, getting pressures. He's coming off an injury uh, marred season, but before that, he was totally durable. He wasn't as good in Chicago, though, the last couple of years. His best year there was certainly his first one. And so the the price tag makes sense, but it's worth it. And I think the Chargers are going big this offseason. This is this is risky. I'm, I'm making what could be seen as a a, uh, a rookie mistake here when it comes to podcasting during mm-hmm. free agency frenzy <laughs> here. But there is a lot of whispers right now connecting J.C. Jackson and the Chargers. By the time you listen, 
to this. Maybe it'll be blown up. But I, my Roll instinct that dice, is Greggy. is that it's gonna happen. Uh, Derwin uh, James. Sheet, developing news. Let's do it. Rapsheet, the Chargers are expected to sign former Patriots heck? cornerback J.C. Jackson. So one of the jewels of this free agency crop, a man that was an absolute, he was <laughs> nails for the Patriots in that secondary, a ball hawk, a big time player, big money deal, huge money deal, I would imagine. We don't have the numbers yet. Joins Derwin James in that secondary. Hello. That's awesome. I, like I think that. that's a great fit for them. I think with the type of defense that they want to run, which is really forcing teams to go the length of the field, having a guy who can match up like that in man coverage that can certainly play zone two, that is a ball hawk more than anything, is such a good fit. Because in Staley's defense, you're going to have your eyes on the quarterback a lot more often uh, than J.C. Jackson even did in New England when he picked off the ball plenty. I mean, he, he has one of the best nose for the ball, ball skills, instincts that I've ever seen out of a cornerback. And the numbers support it. Like he is on a record setting trajectory in terms of the interceptions and the pass deflections that he's had through four or five years in the league. And yeah, Staley's going to play more zone defense than the Patriots, but they played plenty of zone with the Patriots. And Jackson excelled in that too. He's going to be able to do a little bit of everything. I, I love this for Staley, who, who seems to know how to get the most out of stars. And he just added two more of them to his defense. Hmm. You got Justin Herbert costing you $7.2 million next year. Obviously, that's the window to be spending money. If you're the Bears, though, like you just signed Matt Eberflus as your head coach, and then a month later, shotgun Khalil Mack out of the building. They're in a full rebuild. They're going to have a ton of cap space under Ryan Poles, the GM, next offseason. But this offseason is this year, on defense at least, is not going to beat Matt Eberflus' number one product. I I think the – Going back to that trade, it makes sense on both sides uh, because the Bears are rebuilding, even if they don't want to tell you they are, and they get rid of all that money for a 30-something outside linebacker, and the Chargers are in obvious win-now mode. And now if you want to like kind of spin it back a little bit further, that trade, which is one of the biggest trades since we've been doing this show, it's kind of like a lose-lose. Like who who won? The, the Raiders, the only player of note that came out of that ultimately was Josh Jacobs, who's a good running back. And the Bears, I think they were one game over 500, and Mac was an absolute stud one or two years, but ultimately that didn't put them over the top either. So I'm not going to say much ado about nothing, but that's how all the talk about that trade yielded very you little. Should, you're saying that they should not have given uh, the Raiders the Sloan Conference Award for the trade of the year. Do you remember that? That was, that was the Cleo Mack trade. It, it's almost they should have un- canceled the Sloan Conference. I actually after think that. the process was win-win for both teams. It's just they made bad picks in with the Raiders, and that's you just got to make good picks. But it, the process made sense, and the defense was Super Bowl championship level for two years for the Bears. Like if they didn't draft Mitch Trubisky, if they had drafted a different quarterback in that spot, they might have just won a Super Bowl. A win-win like, process. I like that. I'm just that. saying, yeah. like the the defense was ready to go win a Super Bowl and were awesome, uh, especially that first year. But really, for two years, they just uh, messed up the rest of the team. The Chargers wow. are the official team of the off season, though. Every year, I get excited about. <laughs> The Chargers hype. Now and there's a reason for it. My God, this team is fun. Uh, the first reports are 40 million guaranteed for J.C. Jackson, five years, 82 million. I thought it could have been worse for him. So I actually uh, or that, better for him. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, I thought it could have cost more to right. get him. You mentioned Herbert's rookie contract. Just before we move on quickly, is like they have also they also have a left tackle, Rashawn Slater, in a rookie contract. Franchise left tackle, one of the best in the NFL for like three or four more years. And Derwin James is still on his rookie contract, at least for like one more year. Maybe maybe not even by the end of this offseason. Uh, but they've got like three all pro type players on their rookie contracts. I love that. You know, go for it right now. There are now, two ways spend. to go for it. All right. And, and we're seeing it from both L.A. teams. The L.A. Rams went for it by saying we're going to sell all of our future assets, our first round picks. We're going to get as much premium talent as we can uh, via the free free agent market, via the trade market. And hopefully it all coalesces and you build a champion and have a nice run. They did it. The Chargers, this is the more traditional way. You hit on the quarterback. You have a young star quarterback who will be one of the top five maybe number one paid player in the league in a couple of years. But right now you have a chance and a window to bring in a bunch of stud talent. Here's the window. They have to, they can't, they can't charge her this. Th- this is the year where they need to make that leap and become a true AFC contender. Mm. I don't know how long we've been talking about that as a possibility, <laughs> but it is now or never. It, I want to see it. Is it is now. I don't know about never because Herbert and those guys aren't going it's now away. Or never, I want to see it. You're paying Herbert next offseason. Right. But they, they're going to be a contender with Herbert as long as they're well run. But that secondary, Asante Samuel Jr. is, is, a, is a thief. J.C. Jackson is a thief. Derwin James is a thief. Adderley played pretty well last year. That is a team that should be turning the ball over. Even if they're going to give up a lot of yards, that kind of comes with the program with Staley. They should. Force a lot of turnovers. Give Justin Herbert a lot of extra Hey, with the Chargers, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Nothing at all. All right. Wow. Okay. So we got a lot. Now we're seeing some movement on Greggy's top 10 free agents, the top 101. So that that was a big – where was JC? He was two, three? He was two. I, I made a last-minute adjustment. They don't usually let me change the list and flipped one and two and, and made him two to Teron Armstead. He was still too. Uh, all right, let's take a break and uh, continue to cycle through the events of the day. All right, we're back. Graver's doing pretty well so far, I think. I think he's holding it together. I, I, I don't see, you know, beads of sweat coming down the floor. I mean, he's got a great home life, so, you know, he's fine. <laughs> right, right. He's calm, he's cool, he's collected. That's how he went full Davidson in the biggest of all spots. I missed a couple things, but the audience will never know because we're adding them in post. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. Now, but, if this but, was but, live don't, radio, don't, don't tell us yeah. that though. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> if this was live radio, people would be like, "Ooh, ooh, seeing the seams a little bit here." But we don't, we don't have to worry about that here. That's true. But just wait. By the end of the week, we'll be. This will be a humming machine. And again, let's 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 discuss the stakes quickly before we dive back into the news. Justin, I have no doubt is going to do a great job all week with that great team behind him, Saley, Stapleton, Randy. But what if he does too good a job and Ricky's on an island and she doesn't come back with a ring on? We have to make a decision. It's a tough decision, but it would have to be a fair decision. <laughs> what? <laughs> what sort of decision would we be making? That, I mean, does wow. it have to be said? Wow. It's a thorny, it would be a thorny I mean, um, it's thing It's already a tough with. week here, you know, for, for Patriots fans, you know. Like Ricky, these are the two or three days a year everyone freaks out. Um, that that roots for the page. Why? Why did you let J.C. Jackson go? We stink. And then you know, in three or four days, they'll sign some guys who end up being productive. Come down. Come down. Yeah, I still, I as someone who's Greg's still been... on the beat of like tis tisking Patriots fans for being no, passionate I'm just saying, about the team. Like, J.C. Jackson would have been great to keep. Let's just let's just see. I how just it goes. do wonder. I wonder why Bill was so cool with letting. 
the 26-year-old ball hawk corner, all pro dude go out Because he's door. like, me and my four-person coaching staff are going to handle it by <laughs> signing like 35-year-old veterans who can lead in the locker room. Like, j- just uh, I know the Chargers will never acknowledge it, but like, what? Something's – some, maybe there's like, – so, like, I thought like, we were right. going to have to pay a little bit more for this guy. Right. The other team didn't want him. No, it's fine, right? We're the Chargers. Gotta what could be go fine. wrong? I mean, he came into the league with some pretty grim um, off-field issues, uh, but that has not been the case, uh, you know, since he's come into the same league. Mature, Mark. Maturity. No, Mark. Mark never had anything uh, this disturbing. Oh, I came in with a pristine record. It's just become <laughs> uh, more problematic since. That's kind of the cool way to do it. Though. Yeah, yeah. You want to kind of. That's why. That's yeah. why he was undrafted in in the first place. Uh, it was a, a, a you make me, I, I mean, to Google I mean, this. Yeah, I know. Right. I hate that when people say that. I just wanted to make sure I got the words right. He was arrested for armed robbery, found not guilty, uh, and there was a couple other things. But that was that was the main one. But that was why he ah, went damn. undrafted uh, five years ago. Um, all right. In other news, let's get caught up with the Kirk Cousins. I, I love this Kirk Cousins career arc. You got to give it up for the man. I mean. You could like him. You could hate him. You could be annoyed that he was in a plexiglass uh, box. You could be, frankly, turned on that Greg would get greased up and slid right in there. Oh, depending yeah. on what, yeah. what your interests are. Yeah, depending yeah. on what you're into and, and all that. Um, but don't ever, don't ever discount the man's ability to be a businessman. Kirk Cousins signed a one-year $35 million extension uh, with the Vikings that takes him through the 2023 season, okay? So that deal is good for the Vikings and bad for the Vikings, depending on what you think about Cousins and his ceiling and his ability to lead a team to a championship, considering he has one playoff win in his life. But you the, like that! The de- you like that! <sighs> Calm down, Kirk. The deal saves the Vikings $14 million against the cap this year, so that helps. It was going to be a record $45 million cap hit, so that's good. Um, I guess, Greg, the question would be whether the Vikings will regret having a window here when there were teams that perhaps were interested in taking on a player like Cousins, and instead they say the best move for us is to get in bed for two more years, most likely, with Kirk Cousins. Where do you come down on this move? I mean, at first I was highly annoyed by it that the the Vikings were just – Signing up for another year of giving Kirk Cousins guaranteed money. He's guaranteed $30 million next year again. So he has been guaranteed his salary every year, I think, since 2015. Does not happen in the NFL. It's it's crazy. Then uh, I heard some smart analysis by people smarter than me that actually noted with the way that the money was structured, he's more tradable next year. If they did try to move on, that they would be saving uh, some cap money next year, maybe. I don't know if I buy that. He'll still be guaranteed $30 million at age 35. And it just felt like they knew they were going to play this year with Kirk Cousins. And so they just felt, once again, like, let's just give him another extension because we, we need that right cap now. space. My biggest takeaway is I kind of get where Lamar Jackson is at, being um, taking the point that just don't sign me. I'm going to play out that fifth-year option. I'm going to let you tag me potentially. I'm going to let you tag me again. Do it. Because if even though it's betting on yourself and it's highly risky, the reward is being Kirk Cousins and controlling your 
the team, the next team that signs you and controlling your future for the rest of your career. He is one of the most powerful players in the NFL because of this contract that he right. signed with the Vikings five, six years they, ago. They should, just like in journalism <laughs> classes, they should study what Adam Schefter has done <laughs> with uh, dealing with agents and then using them as a mouthpiece. It should be studied. Other quarterbacks coming into the league, agents should study how he handled this. <laughs> now, you have to be a certain mark. You have to be a certain level of quarterback. That's part of this, too. That's uh, that. It's not just that he's a savvy businessman. He's just good enough to always have the leverage, but not great enough to ever really get a team to say, I want you forever. So he's kind of just... He's a little he's, lucky. He's but made also, this hill of well cash done. by being about 80% of what you want as a quarterback. Right. He's, he's kind of properly tiered next year and the year after, looking at the money he makes when you're going to have quarterbacks making $50 million, I think he is tradable. I think there's a no-trade clause inside of this, but I mean, I'm sure he could waive he that. He worked that in, too, so he right. has more control there, too, that he gets to choose his potential The thing I don't hate, though, destination. If, if you're wow. Kevin O'Connell, like, the, look, look at the Steelers. You're looking around at the quarterback market. It, we thought a couple of years ago that, that this had been solved, that every team had a competent quarterback. It's just not the case. And so if you move on from Kirk Cousins, like we were floating around the idea of you shop Kirk Cousins for Baker Mayfield. Well, Minnesota's GM came from Cleveland. It's pretty clear what he thought about making that kind of a trade. They're sticking with the guy that I think, if you're Kevin O'Connell, thinks gives you the best chance to get off to an okay start for the next year or two. And then we'll see. Okay, but you know who's – and I agree with that. That makes sense. But you know whose contract this reminds me the most of are uh, Drew Brees and Tom Brady, that they keep adding these void years and kicking it one or two more years, and at some point you're going to have to eat the eat the poop. Except those guys are two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, and the other one's Kirk Cousins. He's found this little <laughs> yeah. niche. Breeze's, Breeze's contract like screwed that team it, towards the end, But it's similar. Too. Now they're adding – they added these two fake void years till 2025, and at some point they're going to have to take their medicine with Cousins, except all you're or getting is Cousins. In, in, in Matt Ryan fashion, right, yes. Right. This is just to break it down. 2016, he got tagged by the Washington football team. So that's when the guarantees started. $19.9 million. Then they tagged him again, so that made him 23.9 and then he started making more bank the next year is 26 million 28 million 40 million 21 million 30 million 40 million next year over 230 million in career totals one playoff win it's wild. Uh, it's it's absurd. So if you if it's you Sam are Bradford, if you are Lamar Jackson, you guys said he had to be a certain type of quarterback to stumble into this. That's true. But if you are a guy like Lamar Jackson, you could look at Patrick Mahomes and think like Mahomes is underpaid. And Lamar, if I was like his friend or his family member, I'd be worried because you're one injury away. You know, you're a couple injuries away from this changing or your career goes in a wrong direction and it could change. But imagine if you are a top shelf QB and play out the Kirk right. Cousins thing. Mama, like then it gets Even wild. Gets, you can set boundaries that have never right. happened. And, and so I think that is what he might go for. And security matters, of course. Uh, and a long-term deal that, that gives even in the NFL, a long-term deal is usually like two or three years. But if you end, if you can make it through two franchise tag years as a quarterback in the modern NFL, it's like sixty million guaranteed dollars. You are set yeah. up for life. Oh at yeah, that point. he's just got to get to the yeah. tag. This is really the most risky year. He'll be on the fifth-year option, Lamar. That is for about twenty million dollars. But that's still a nice chunk of change in a in a big time range. And yet, if you're a Vikings fan, you're nonplussed. Yeah, I don't like it. No. I, I got a lot of angry Vikings fans in my tweets, so they're a little, you know, saying how it why makes are they, sense. Why are they angry at you? 
speak well because I was just pointing out how I how surprised I was that they didn't just take their medicine that they kicked it forward another year. Uh, it makes sense in the context of just 2022. I get it because you had another tweet that you you it was a <laughs> confident tweet uh, from a man that's reading tea leaves. This guy and some gets people it. don't want to hear it. Some people don't like a guy that's saying, hey, this is the actual, this is what's going on here. Hey. Pay attention. Some people know it's going to be contra- like uh, what it happened to me today. I'm telling you, it's a Greg, you're having a moment on Twitter. <laughs> the the Jets signed a guard. OK, um, Tomlinson, Tomlinson. Tomlinson. Yep. we were going to get to the Jets. nice yeah. scheme fit okay. and everything. And minutes earlier, you had made a comment about Cincinnati signing multiple guards like, hey, you can't develop your if you're signing guards to free agent deals. It means you can't develop within and coach them up. I like that sound take. Someone parroted your point in the first reply to me when I was like, oh, this is a sound move. Like, oh, this means you can't develop talent in your interior line. It's like, wow, Greg well, that, is influential. I, that, I tweeted that to you. That was that was me. <laughs> All right, let's uh, keep moving here. The Jaguars are busy. Busy. But how does it feel to be influential on the, on the Twitter? I wish I could believe that. I wish I could. I think you do believe it. <laughs> I don't. That's not the big concern. Really? Yes. This, this is. Good. We're learning a lot. We're learning ja- a lot. A, hey, that says more about you. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. Jaguars signed right guard Brandon Scherf, formerly of the Commanders. Actually, he was never a Commander. No. Well, well I guess he was for about a month, but he never played for the Commanders. It's a special time. He played for the football team, which will go down as a fairly hilarious moment in football history. That for two years there was a team called the Football Team. And yet they chose a name that is less preferable after that. The Commanders. Brandon Scherf gets a he gets the bag, as they say, uh, from the Jags to fortify their interior of their line. They also ooh, now it's going to get tough. They sign linebacker Foisade Alunakun, uh, formerly of the Falcons. Three years, 45 million. And they're not done. You know why? Because they say we need our boy Trevor Lawrence to have more weapons, so they give Christian Kirk, formerly of the Cardinals, a huge contract, four-year deal worth up to $84 million. Uh, apparently, if you kind of dig a little bit on it, and this is where Greg could come in, perhaps the 25-year-old, it's more like a $72 million deal. Two for 37 is kind two of a for guaranteed. Two for 37, if you want to look lot, at just that. not as bad as four for 72. Now, break it down. I'm not great at math, but that means that's 18 and a half per year. Your boy, Mari Cooper, Mark, just got $20 million for one year from, uh, the, from the Cowboys trade. So, Greg, Christian Kirk getting a huge amount of money for a guy that's never even had a 1,000-yard season. I, I, yeah, I'd rather have Amari Cooper. He, I mean, he's a fine, Thank you for what, a secondary that. or tertiary receiver, to use a, a West word that he would throw in there sometimes. I mean, he's he's you need three or four receivers, and he can be one of them. I I don't I haven't seen the huge upside, and so it's a lot of money. But the Jaguars need players. All all four of their signings. And I, I did you mention Fotakasi, who I liked fully Fotakasi? I haven't gotten from him the, from, from the, the Jets. Jets. So nice they, run stuffer. So, so they had four big signings, including Scherf, including Kirk, including Aluakon. Probably two out of those four work, but I don't hate it because I I'm sort of on the corner of waste. Like cap space is a terrible thing to waste. You, you need starting players of the four. I feel like Scherf is a big time risk, and Aluakon is too, who, who kind of came on really strong last year for the Falcons. hadn't done much before. PFF like hated him, had him a, a sub fifty uh, grade for what it's worth. 
so there's some big time risks, but I kind of like. I think Kirk is a fine weapon to add, and Fotokasi was one of my favorites. I mean, you're the Jaguars, so you're you know they, we've seen this before. They played this exact record, you know, multiple times in the offseason. Overspend for free agents because they were, you know, they loved their cap space for years on end. Uh, Scherf, I like him when he plays. He's missed 22 starts over the past four seasons. And it's like suddenly your offensive line breaks down at the guy that you're counting on. You know, he's it, real it's, good, it's though, missed, if he stays I, healthy. I, I, he's I think when, when he he's came into Washington, guy. he was one of the more badass linemen out there. But, I don't think but he gave the, up a single sack last year. The durability is, but is you you can't you got to be there. No, he, like, he's know. a badass. There's some wor- worries he's breaking down physically, but like that's a huge boomer bust signing, and that, that could be a total boom. But they they tried the same with Andrew Norwell a few years ago, paying him more money than any guard had ever gotten. He quietly you know got to the end of that contract this year and is not in the top 101. Breaking news: the Bucks. It's the Brady effect. <laughs> The Bucks are bringing back one of their own. Cornerback Car- uh, Carlton Davis is expected to re-sign wow. with Tampa as they retain a part of their core. That's from Rap Sheet. Uh, same deal. Uh, there was an understanding that Davis was going to be out the door, that Ryan Jensen was going to be out the door, and now you understand the timing more of Tom Brady's announcement on Sunday because you had to let the people know, let the team know, I'm here, now let's do business and put this team together. I love this for Tampa Bay because – yeah, look at this was not last year. You're going to lose all these guys. Leonard Fournette basically had a post at some point saying like, "I'm out. I'm done in Tampa." And now he deleted that. It's like it is the Tom Brady effect. It's like run it back, and you're going to get better player deals. Jason Light, you know, you get Tom Brady, but Jason Light still had a lot of work to do. This was a huge piece. I think it's surprising. I thought he was going to go somewhere else. Well, it, there's no co- coincidence in my mind that this happens minutes after J.C. Jackson. So these are the two top cornerbacks in the market. They. Davis sees what Jackson got. I don't know if the Chargers were in on Davis or not. And he ends up settling, you know, with settling in quotes for slightly less than than J.C. Jackson got, but a a similar type of deal. And knowing that, like, that's where the market's at. I don't need to wait around that much longer waiting for a better deal. Maybe the Bucs had the best deal for him the whole time. Who knows? Maybe they stepped up. I really like him. It's interesting to me. Cornerbacks are getting paid a little less just in this market than I feel like they were five years ago relative to other positions. I mean, Harold Landry got $52 million guaranteed. Mike Williams and Christian Kirk are getting $18, $20 million a a year at receiver. And yet the two top cornerbacks at the market, uh, totally at their peak, are getting like 15 a year. That that seems reasonable to me, but maybe it's a little bit of the the scheme change that's going around – football and it's not always going to be this way but all the too high looks all the zone coverage maybe you don't pay as much for cornerbacks in those systems right. uh, maybe you have you five have, dbs on the field almost, all a, the time now right a budget allotted for your secondary and maybe it makes more sense to have four good guys rather than that's fair a great dude yeah. and three uh, budget guys so i love that move for davis i love it for the bucks Devonte adams he's not happy well, I don't know if he's not happy, but he is letting it be known that, yes, Aaron Rodgers got his contract, but don't just assume that just because Aaron's back, I do bend me, shape me, find a way to fold me into your Green Bay plans. I'm the best wide receiver in the league, in my mind. And NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports that Devontae Adams refuses to play under the franchise tag in 2020. The two sides are, quote, far apart on a long-term deal, according to Ian. And um, I wonder... And wouldn't this be 
Mark, kind of interesting because the whole assumption that many of us have been working under is like, hey, if Rodgers is back, Adams is back. But given Green Bay's cap issues, if he's not going to play ball and work under a one-year deal, and by the way, it's a different situation. This is a wide receiver. He's going to be running the wrong side of 30 next year. It's a volatile physical position. This is the time for him to get paid. Would Green Bay possibly feel like they were in a position where they had to move Adams in a trade and imagine him, what he would fetch, given what he's been able to do the last 10 years? PR disaster. You can't. I mean, you've already been through. You already thought that you got the hardest part of this thing figured out with Aaron Rodgers. And the thing is that Devontae Adams and the Packers have been far apart on a long-term deal the entire time. They've never gotten any closer. And the Packers are in a tough situation financially, but how could you possibly sell to your fan base or even your own locker room that you go into this season after all this Aaron Rodgers melodrama without Devontae Adams? It, 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 this is a team that, like, even with those guys, cannot win playoff doesn't games. doesn't make common sense, financial sense, to give Brady a $200 million, or excuse me, Rodgers, a $200 million deal and then take away his best player on offense, especially when the wide receiver group behind him isn't good. Green Bay is going to figure this out, right? They're yeah, cutting, this is, like, Zadarius Smith and stuff for cap reasons. I nominate I mean, this story as the wake-us-up-in-September story of exactly. the year. Because – a lot will be talked about and there's really only one end outcome, which is him being on the Packers, but it, it might take until September until that, like eight days before the season period to, to settle it. So it might be 28 NFL.com articles and I will read none of them. It's almost like, um, it's, it's him do it's Devonte doing his buddy Rogers a favor, making life a little uncomfortable for Goody. Goody guys is going to figure this out with the salary cap <laughs> right. and the negotiations and all this. But at the end of the day, they simply is not a scenario where they right. bring back Rogers and then leave him with nothing. Absolutely. No. And so it's like Kyler Murray. If there's some drama there, I can get with that as a daily update throughout our off season. We need something to talk about. Well, there's about. mystery there. Adam, right. There's mystery. Adams. There's only one way for it to end. So let's just let's just skip F- ahead. Hit the fast forward button. Speaking of the pack. Yes, Adarius Smith, uh, he gets his walking papers, so he hits free agency. Two really good years uh, on their front seven, then was injured last year, and now simply too expensive, especially with Devontae Adams asking for a long-term deal. Also, Preston Smith. <laughs> Should we say it? Since he brought it up. Gravedigger brought it up, so we're going to haze him a little bit here. said, hey, anything that you hear in your ear, I can just take out and post. We've heard the, um, we call it sausage fingers. It's the little like yeah, guitar the, solo yeah. that we play to bring on guests. Yeah, yeah. And I like to see how they react to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The guests. Mm-hmm. That's the second time that's popped in our ears mm-hmm. now. Graver, what's going on behind the glass? So I got a little soundboard thing. And for some reason, when I press command H to hide it from my computer, yeah. it keeps playing that You're hitting that sausage one. fingers. I don't command know why H. that one keeps playing. But you don't have sausage fingers, but you keep on hitting the song. Maybe I do. We call <laughs> sausage fingers. Anyway, we're, we're happy to have you behind uh, the glass there, buddy. Anyway, so Preston Smith, he does get a deal for you. We have no you. other choice. So, and yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but then Mark laughed. What? Well, you, you started laughing when you heard Sausage Fingers playing. Oh, well, because it was funny. So I, I laughed. It was the result. <laughs> so now that has to stay in the show. Uh, Preston Smith, four-year, $52.5 million extension through 2026. Uh, so this helps the, the cap situation as well. And he's a, he's a big player on their defense. Yeah, all these moves are kind of can look be looked at as one big thing. So Preston Smith, you can revisit that deal 
as soon as next year. It, it's almost funny accounting how the how the Packers are doing. They're kind of like the new Saints. They can just move all this money around and figure it out in the end. And this is one cheating. way one way to do it. It's not cheating. That's how I see it. It's just you know working the margins. And that way they had the room to re-sign Devondre Campbell uh, for five years, fifty million dollars, sixteen guaranteed for an off-ball linebacker is a lot for that market, but it's also not a lot because he was a first-team All-Pro last year. So good on him for like turning uh, a prove-it deal into that kind of contract. Good on them uh, for keeping him. And yeah, as you mentioned, cutting Zadarius Smith and Billy Turner, who was a starter for them uh, for a while uh, at, at tackle, having to cut those guys. Zadarius made it into my top 20. He's still not even in his 30s. He feels like he'd be worth signing for some uh, team out there. Well, the Ravens are reportedly interested in him. Yeah, the Packers didn't dub Zedarius Smith because they don't like him as a player. He just just can't afford him. He missed all of 2021. There was was some stuff going on last season. He wanted a contract extension after two great seasons. They didn't give it to him. He had this back injury, and there was some like, is this guy milking the injury? Doesn't matter if you're the next team. All right, one of the more productive pass rushers of the past couple of years, Hassan Reddick, he has a new home once again. Uh, he goes from the Cardinals to the Panthers and now to the Eagles on a three-year, $45 million contract. Mike Garofolo said $30 million fully guaranteed at signing. So Reddick um, has potentially a long-term home here, and uh, the Eagles just upgraded their pass rush. They were second to last in sacks last season. So Reddick entering his age 28 season. That's a nice move. Yeah, I mean, you got Brandon Graham. He's 34 years old. This was an obvious position of need. And Reddick did the classic, you know, one-year bet-on-yourself deal. Worked. A year ago, it absolutely worked. And I do think, you know, two years in a row that, you know, he didn't quite the fit with the Cardinals. And he went on to Carolina. Every time I watched a Panthers game, and I watched I, on those Sundays when you'd pick the game you want to cover, my little Matt Rule fascination um, lured <laughs> me into that scenario more often than it should have early on but I felt like every game Reddick was doing one or two Titanic things to, ch- to, to change the, the environment and like I really think he's incredibly disruptive and a good signing for the Eagles and he's from that part of town too. he's, he's, he's so fast they I mean they have a type they like shorter ends who can get up the field and rush the passer and not really known for their run defense he, he, he is a lot like Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat. And that's like a fast, ferocious trio of, of pass rushers. I'm curious if they'll trade Fletcher Cox, which has this been is, talked I about. I feel like Fletcher Cox has been brought up in trade whispers Feels like for it's time, a yeah. year solid. Uh, speaking of the Cardinals, James Conner, an Arizona due deal. Three-year, $21 million contract. 13 and a half is guaranteed. Connor had a really strong first season with Arizona. I feel like he scored a touchdown every week. In fact, he had 18 touchdowns, and there was an 18-week season. He, he did miss some a time. couple games. Missed some yeah, time. Yeah. But you want to average it out over not his games played, but the season. I think just your, your point is strong. 18 Cardinals games. Your point is strong. <clears throat> 18 touchdowns, that's one per game. The, the most surprising thing I mean, to me was... I think we can move on. We've covered this yeah, for I, I analysis. You know how they they flipped the switch and like Andrew Siciliano was on our air and it's like, free agency frenzy, the negotiating period starts now. And the first deals to come down were James Conner and Chase Edmonds back to back. James Conner <laughs> going to the Cardinals, going back. And then Chase Edmonds 
going to the Dolphins. It just felt like a, a strange place to start, but why not? I guess the Cardinals weren't <laughs> going to bring back both. I was surprised they gave $30 million to Zach Ertz, including $17 million guaranteed. He looked almost at the end of the, the line there in Philadelphia, but then was healthier for Arizona, looked pretty good. And they, they spend a lot of money to bring him back. He gave so, it, It's a lot. Uh, Tight ends are costing a lot in this market. Will Disley got 24 over three. I mean, Ertz was viewed as broken down a couple years ago. He was. But he was also for that injured. Year. For but that, that year. I never, yeah, I never bought into that. It always seems strange that that's how he's viewed. He did juice their offense, but also that corresponded with the collapse of the Cardinals. So it was, it was kind of veiled a little bit. Uh but he should help if Kyler Murray's the quarterback. We had like no DeAndre Hopkins in there for well, exactly. Maybe all this right. money is being spent because Kyler Murray is going to be shipped elsewhere. I, I like the Edmonds in with no. the Dolphins move. By the way, I'm that, sticking with that. Like I, I I've always liked Trace Edmonds. You need G-man. you need multiple running backs. He can do a lot. He can do it for 150, 175 touches. I like the idea of him and Mike McDaniel's system, almost like what they thought Jarek McKinnon was going to be way back in the day when they gave him money. Hopefully Edmonds is healthier. <clears throat> I think they've had a nice day. They brought Emmanuel Ogba back. They signed Teddy Bridgewater uh, to his hometown of Miami uh, to be the backup. <laughs> He's a Miami kid. He knew he'd come up again. We couldn't get through I'm the show saying, without Teddy we, being We're doing Dolphins, but those, Ogba got, got way less money um, then I bet Chandler Jones is going to get certainly than Harold Landry got. And uh, I think was a nice value. All their signings make, make sense to me and they haven't broken the Ogba bank. the last two seasons has been as productive as anyone out there. It's a perfect fit for them. Uh, all right. It's, speaking of bad books, cooking the books in a negative way, the Falcons kind of backed themselves into a corner with Matt Ryan. Uh, so they are restructuring the veteran quarterback's contract. Uh, he was going to have a $48 million cap hit in 2022, two years left on that deal. So they were, moved some money around to give them some uh, more agency in free agency. So that's a thing. Also, any Matt Ryan comments? I mean, their cap situation has been a disaster for so long. Like, I, I find this just made me laugh. No, the, the, openly yeah, the, laugh. The only notable thing is, like, he's good. I, I think this guarantees he's going to be the Falcons quarterback. So I just. I think that's notable. That yep. I, I think we can basically put aside that trade to any trade talk. Unless does that restructure make him easier to move in a trade? In the future, but not – I think this locks him in, in this year. I don't see that in. happening. Max Crosby got paid. Good for him. Four-year, $95 million contract through 2026. $53 million guaranteed. This is top-of-the-market type stuff for a guy that went from a former fourth-round pick who battled some off-the-field uh, demons. Two years of sobriety. He is now one of the highest-paid defenders in football. Good for Max Crosby. Comeback story. It's a great it's a great story. I mean, he is the heart the beating heart of their defense. I am kind of waiting to see does anything else happen with Derek Carr in an extension this offseason? I mean, or do they just hmm. go into next that's, year that's with hanging. that hanging out well, there? Well, I think your Browns are, you know, could have a say in that. It it goes to show sign these guys yeah. uh, what a, last week. Like this Max Crosby deal on paper has the potential to be the best team-friendly value of any of these out there. I mean, this dude's one of the best defensive players in in the league. And they have him locked up for like the next five years at a very reasonable cost. And, I, you know, you don't blame him not wanting to, to uh, play it out here. But I feel like if I was his, his agent, he'd be more expensive today than he was five days ago. What if, Mark, the game plan for Andrew Barry and the Browns this whole time is let's recreate the 2017 Oakland Raiders. Let's get Derek Carr. Let's get Amari Cooper. 
Was Richie Incognito on that team? Go get Richie. I, mean, I. <laughs> he was on the I Bills. Think he's available again. Yes, I mean he was. He's around. I don't like the plan at all. What would what would be well, <laughs> whose vision would that be? Let's get Marquette King to punt. Oh yeah. Oh please. Oh, re- remember, like Marquette King kept sending out those tweets that like the NFL was uh, didn't didn't like his personality or whatever, and they were blackballing him. Where, where ever since that Ali Bon Purry, annoying. that Ali Bon Purry long form <laughs> on Marquette do King. Don't do that, we, to Ali. It's just been a curse. It's That's the, our editor Ali. You, he does. He did one front facing. Uh, work was, for dot com and, it was and you're, great. you're trying to bury him. It was great, but it was like the opposite of the Flashpoint Focus series. Or, no, it was, or like it was exactly went, what well, Flashpoint was Focus Flashpoint. is. The good news but is Ali has never listened to an episode of the show, so we're <laughs> in the clear there. Uh, Michael Gallup, he gets paid by the Cowboys. So they, yes, the Cowboys sent Amari Cooper to the Browns and they say, our guy that we want to team with C.D. Lamb is Michael Gallup. Five years, $62.5 million deal good money for a dude that uh tore his acl in january uh so gallup is the future with lamb and the cowboys move forward oh they also uh, cut blake jarwin uh injury designation he had that hip thing that the tight end that was more serious than initially thought so they tagged dalton schultz and jarwin is sent loose so this gallup deal was interesting again this happens so often when when you actually got the contract breakdown and it and his happened a couple days ago or at least 24 hours ago that we have it it never was 62 million apparently and it looks like really team team friendly i think the cowboys did a a smart deal here a 10 million dollar signing bonus he gets about 23 million in the first two years of the deal so two for 23 i know he's coming off an injury and then after that the numbers are like comically low whereas if he's a really good receiver he's going to be itching to get a pay bump because he's getting paid under $10 million a year for the next three years for a guy I definitely would take over Christian Kirk, not to keep using Christian Kirk as the guy, but that I think this is this was a nice bit of business and it made sense for significantly less than keeping Cooper would have been. And that, that makes sense. To Which me. I think it's what they wanted to do. They sounded like they had cooled on Cooper, so check so you later. I, and it sounds like Demarcus Lawrence is going to end up staying with the Cowboys. So... Even though they've come in with a lot of problems and I want to see how this all shakes out, if I was a Cowboys fan, I feel like so far, so good. I haven't, and nothing would be bothering me too much about their offseason. You could say, because he is coming up a lot, but he is, his contract is kind of, you could say we're dealing with a flashpoint colon Christian Kirk scenario on day <laughs> one of the legal tampering period. I don't think so. He's just that guy that got like, Feels five, low wattage. Five million too much per year. But what, what is that really affecting my life? Is, is, is well, none of this affects our lives necessarily. Or even the NFL's life, yeah. The flashpoint is that within a fortnight, right, that player is under an extreme duress. This player has just been locked up, Christian Kirk, into a contract that we're good. There's not you a lot of You know what he reminds here. me of is like last year because... <laughs> extreme duress. <laughs> last year because, you know, maybe the... The idea is like you're crit- all these guys are getting paid more than their value or whatever. Like compare the Christian Kirk contract to Corey Davis, for instance. Corey Davis is a real number two. I think he's got his issue. Like he's not the perfect player. He's not uh, always the most durable player, but like he is a real number two. And you look at his contract compared to Kirk's, uh, it's a steal. So hey, the, the, Joe pr- Douglas, the price it, tag, the price the tag went up a lot this Joey year because of the cap. All yeah. right, let's take one more break and then we're going to finish out the show. All right, we're back. It is time to hit 
the rest of the news here as we finish up day one of the legal tampering period. The Bengals, the, the reigning AFC champions, uh, busy, busy, busy. Okay, so we'll start defensive line. Uh, they re-signed uh, B.J. Hill to a three-year, $30 million contract. So they are uh, fortifying that line and making sure a solid player doesn't get away. Now, that offensive line, that's where we talked about it with our new friend, Duke Tobin, uh, at the Combine. Said, come on, Duke, we got to fix this offensive line. And he's like, oh, we like our offensive line. No, you don't <laughs> yeah. like your offensive line because you just went out and signed Ted Karras and also Alex Kappa to a multi-year deals. So you kind of remade the interior of your offensive line, handing out a lot of money. Now, Greggy, going back to the tweet, uh, it is the one, it was the infamous one now at this point where I said <laughs> this guy gets it with the arrow up. But I thought, oh, actually, it wasn't even that. It was the point that someone else threw to me when I said I like the Jets guard signing. They're like, Greg doesn't like this these signings, so you shouldn't like it. That's not what I was <laughs> It's Greg's moment. It's your time to shine. But tell us why this tells us more about Cincinnati than perhaps they'd like you to know. Because, well, because Zach Taylor and their offensive coaching staff is the main reason their offensive line has been poor the last three years, I believe. You should be able to develop – an average offensive line with the resources that they put in there between money and draft picks. And they haven't, they've kind of been a nightmare and that's coaching. And Zach Taylor has shown no ability to fix that. So now you're signing these guys in the Karis deal. Isn't that expensive? The Alex Kappa deal is certainly a lot more. Um, you're signing guys who are the other teams is, you know, forgotten piece that they don't really need to keep. Karras has been freely available the last couple of years from the Patriots and the Dolphins as just like kind of a, a leftover sixth or seventh offensive lineman. And when the when the Patriots put him in, he's he's good because they're they're a good coaching staff. Uh, Alex Kappa at one point was certainly the weakest member of the Bucks's offensive line, but they have a great offensive line. They're good at developing. It was like a mid round pick. They were never going to pay this money to him, but for the Bengals, it's like you kind of have to because you feel like you don't actually know how to coach up the team well like so, so at least at least out. at least they acknowledge that if they're I, they're not going to tell us that and we and I, I don't think that the offensive line coaching staff's walking around the building thinking like we're frauds we don't actually know what we're doing at some point someone's going to figure that out but the results <laughs> suggest that and like Hakeem Adeniji was like a city villain by the end of last season <laughs> at, at guard so they, they might not to, be done either well they had to address it and Alex Kappa the one thing like you know I don't know Alex Kappa personally, but on Twitter over and over, people were saying this dude is like a white knuckle, total badass. And maybe that helps Cincinnati because whether these work or not, you have to show Joe Burrow um, because he's certainly not in the category of discontent quarterback. But it is important this offseason that they pour more resources into the line, no matter what happened in the past, because that was a huge narrative for them a year ago. Right. They're they're probably going to sign more players in free agency uh, on the offensive line, or at least the draft. I like the BJ Hill move, though. Trust the guy that you see on your team that made a huge impact. They traded for him, and that was a steal from the Giants, and he was great. Spice Rack t- was texting me. They got to keep BJ Hill this morning, and minutes later, BJ Hill is back. So uh, the Spice Dude, Rack got, got his, his wish. wish. And nice. Larry Ogunjobi ends up going to the Bears for like way more money, and BJ Hill was certainly better than Larry Ogunjobi was for the Bengals. So. Spice Rack, he had not asked but demanded to be involved with our Super Bowl programming yeah, run-up. Did he ever circle back with his disappointment? He didn't, but I brought it up uh, when I remembered a couple weeks later. Of course he did. And I love um, it. he uh, he took seems like he took it in stride. Uh, I think he was disappointed in the moment, um, but understood. 
And uh, I think I think he would love to be on the show in the future. What you, role was he? We were live on set. Um, I would have loved to have well, him, but what role that, was he hoping no, to he, play? We just forgot we about it. We could have made well, it Dan, happen. Dan, oh. yeah, Dan immediately texted back basically like, Hey, f*** you, Greg. <laughs> Except he said that to f*** you, Spice Rack. It's like, I did yeah, not. I did so. not. But I will say that uh, in general with Spice Rack, Greg, you're largely bulletproof. So I'm assuming he just thinks I did it to him. But since it was a text to you largely, you could have made it happen. But what do you mean? It was to a, our whole group, and you immediately responded like, nah. Well, I, take, I, I did take, not say nah. Yeah, and I took no was, responsibility on any level. <laughs> and, and like you guys, I bet it probably wasn't for – like we saw the text, and then you get into the Super Bowl week, and if I had remembered, I would have circled like back. show's like three hours and, long, but I want to see – I would circle back and, have, and maybe push for it, but I just forgot about it. I'm a we'll have him during draft uh, season. Spicy Likely. draft coverage has been a staple of this Absolutely. program. Right. So I think I that was, I demand that. I think that was time. where uh, this conversation came back up. Was like we got to have you on because he had some college takes. That's good. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, and, he was a lifelong Bengals fan and continues to be one. So right, I understand the motivation. Super Bowl week. You could have spoke up too. I don't even remember seeing the text. So it's like everything is a haze. I couldn't tell you what happened yesterday at two p.m. So I totally I absolve myself of Here any responsibility. Here it is. Here's the text exchange. This is after the AFC Championship victory. Demanding 30-minute segment on Bengals slash West between now and Super Bowl 56 or delete my contact info. This was sent uh, to Mark, Greg, myself, and Erica. Then he follows up with the gauntlet's been thrown to quote Norman Dale, I love you guys. And then one minute later, I replied, we can promise you the Bengals will get extensive coverage across the next two weeks. Yeah, and, that's a nah. That's a I just Yeah, I, but that's not a that's not an FU either. It is I think it is. Then there's my text close. that says if, excellent idea, Spice Rack. And then he wrote delete me, been real. Yeah, see and, he well, he read it he read it as I would. I mean, let's be real. He just asked for a spot on the show and, and you were and like full Pollyanna, it's Spicy's world, we just living in it now. <laughs> That's not Polly yet. What are you even talking about? <laughs> well, then, you're snowing him under a bit. And then this, I wrote, the spice rack is fully stocked. Mark doesn't. Oh, finally, Mark just quote, spicy, you say. You just say spicy. I'm acknowledging he's, that, he's, that Mark, his, his existence Mark in that situation. Mark is the driven snow right. over there. He's well, always Switzerland yeah. in these situations. No, it's just I'm like, just what, like stay what, out if I were to say I demand spice rack comes on the show, would it happen? Absolutely. No one would care at all. So. What do you want me to tell you? I think he will be part of the coverage down the road. Have a nice time. Would you like him to be on the show in the near future? Next episode. Then it will happen. There you go. Well, see, that that then he got Get what he wanted. Just work out the schematics. No, I'm not doing any work around it. All right. There you go. Uh, the Jets also do some business on their interior line. Lakin Tomlinson, formerly of the Niners, uh, gets uh, three years and $40 million, $27 million guaranteed. Uh, so that fills a void on their line. The Jets' offensive line is very interesting because George Fant, that turned out to be a really good move getting Fant, who was rock solid at left tackle last year. Elijah Vera Tucker was their guard. They they moved up to draft last year. They're very happy with him and where his development is at. Connor McGovern is fine at center. Uh, now you have Lakin Tomlinson, who is a scheme match and a guy that uh, thrives and run blocking. This is, that's a nice fit for them there. And then there's Mekhi Becton. That's the, that's the whole thing. Like, what is... Becton's deal is Mackay Becton uh, going to realize his potential and be healthy next year, or is this a guy that's already fading from the team's plans? We'll know 
after the first round of the draft in April because mm. if they use uh, a premium draft pick, uh, it's because they think Becton is a washout or is heading that way. So keep an eye on that situation. I love that the coaching staff, they already know Lakin Tomlinson. He hasn't missed a start in like half a decade. I mean, he he was a mess for the Lions when he got drafted, but it's a good signing for the Jets. It's another team that's poured a lot of resources in free agency into the O-line. It's not always worked, but they're getting closer, and that needs to be the case for Zach Wilson. How do you think their line was last year? It was yeah. not bad. It, was, it, was, it, it wasn't great either. It wasn't great, but it wasn't. They needed to get better. Um, this is a big area need. Um at uh, guard, so you get you take care of that, and yeah, you need you really need uh, Becton to step up. And if they don't think he can, if they don't think he has what it takes to do that, they have to replace him, and that's a waste of resources when you have so many holes on your Is roster. Is there a spicy race between Mike Lafleur and Mike McDaniel to prove which one of these can actually run? Shanahan's offense mm. with more execution and precision. Well, there there might be a, a race for the you same like players. That. I think this happened <laughs> with the Belichick disciples and may explain why Lake and Tomlinson got so much money. Like we right. don't we don't know if, if right. the Dolphins were in on it, but we know multiple teams were to get it that to get it that high. That this is where the person who tweeted at you saying like right. trying to make a point you know, need needs more subtlety. It, it, it's hard to explain it all in 140 characters or 280 on Twitter. Sure. In a perfect world, you want to be the 49ers who are the car wash who takes Lake and Tomlinson for nothing when the entire league could have had him uh, for like a late round pick swap and turn him into a $40 million player and get him in his prime. They do that on the defensive line too. That would be ideal. That It's, it's hard to do that. Uh, hopefully, Lake and Tomlinson you know, is as bulletproof as they think he is. He seems like it. I mean, he's been great. They hasn't missed a start. He's a great run blocker, but you're definitely paying for it. Uh, you're definitely they, paying for that you haven't been able to develop a, a guard the last couple Joe of years. Joe Douglas under pressure. Oh, he is under pressure. The last two years, they've they've built, rebuilt the offensive line using the draft and free agency. They're trying to get that thing figured out. We'll see. They also re-signed Braxton Berrios, which I really like that move because he broke out last year. Was really good slot guy, gadget guy, a special teams ace. Um, develop your guys, keep them in the building, and see if they can take the next step. Uh, let's see. Jason Kelsey back with the Eagles. Uh, Dolphins bring back Agba. How about this? Let's hit 8 o'clock delight. We've run out of time. Well, we basically. talked well, Agba. We, uh, I, I, there was an updated one. Uh, do 8 o'clock delight. Oh, we've got some developing news. All right. A couple of them. Uh Deshaun Watson is meeting on Monday night with the Saints and Panthers. I just thought it'd be good to get that into the show that we know uh, the meetings are happening, so that could move along. Also, Evan Ingram is joining the Jaguars parade on a one-year, fully guaranteed $9 million contract. A prove-it deal. All right, I like that. But a prove-it deal while, while he gets... Some nice scratch, but another weapon for Lawrence to that throw. That was not to. an I out like of control those. contract for the Jaguars. No, I like I like these moves. Is he the Jack. new is he the new Jared Cook? Like a toolsy guy that makes big plays every once in a while but just kinda drives you crazy for never reaching his full potential in well, the eyes of many. Lines up. I, I think that's a good comparison. At this point he would he wants to be Cook. He hasn't been as reliable as at at least Cook is like you know, he's 600 yards right. every single season. Ingram, I feel like, is never healthy. If he was healthy, I, I think it'd be great. All right, let's hit it. 8 o'clock delight. Oh, Sterling Shepard returns to the Giants. So he sticks in-house. The Bills sign Roger Saffold, re-sign Mitch Morris and Isaiah McKenzie. Devin McCourtney 
is back with the Patriots. Any thoughts on those, gentlemen? Sterling Shepard is the longest-tenured giant. How weird is this? Very weird. I like Isaiah McKenzie. I think Cole Beasley is out of town. They, they swapped Daryl Williams for Saffold, by the way. They got rid of their starter in Buffalo, Daryl Williams, which is interesting. Signed Saffold. Good run blocker. So it looks like a change in the guard for the Rams because Joe Noboom gets a nice contract to stick with the Rams. That means retirement seems to be imminent for... Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth, Mark. Good job. Seahawks uh, have a very expensive safety room. In addition uh, to Jamal Diggs, Quadre Diggs gets the bag. He gets re-signed. Also, uh, just as re-signed Jones. Who's Sydney that? Jones. Sydney Jones and Will Disley as well. Um, and Al Woods, a beefy very, defensive tackle. They, it is very Pete Carroll to spend like an incredible amount of money on two safeties in the year 2022. Titans bring back Ben Jones and the Lions re-sign Tim Boyle and Tracy Walker. Oh, yeah. That was the day that was at least through 547 p.m. Eastern on Monday. Any closing thoughts on day one, Mark? I do not. There's going to be a cloud of smoke and Mark in his car in about 37 seconds. That's my prediction. No, I think we did a good job. We'll I think be, we covered We'll it. be posting yeah, every day this the week. The, the, the report from, I guess my final thought would be one uh, report from the New York Post that said that the state of New York and in Erie County have agreed to pay a billion dollars towards a new Bills stadium. The Bills aren't going anywhere. Good. You know. That's good. I don't know if billionaires really need um, – the I was government to be spending a billion dollars uh, for I was them say right that now. for next week. Also, the, the that could have led our show tomorrow. Yeah, but the, that's Joe, okay. the, the Joe Buck bombshell. Uh, we can save that yeah, for a meteor talk. Yeah, but uh, good for the Bills. What, what's up? Uh, Reggie Wayne will be the new wide receivers coach for the well, Colts. That's fine. Uh, hey, good like for that. Reggie, that's former fine. colleague here. I never had a conversation with him. But I know that like would a nice he guy. would he if he saw us um, just walking down the street. No, would he refer to us as former colleagues? No. <laughs> Say, I don't get think out of my way. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Um, Greg presumes assume. he would refer to Greg that way. But no, that, like, I mean, I'm why would, talking about I myself. Like, I don't think I ever spoke with the man or saw yeah. the man even maybe. So, but it, while he, he was a former Steve colleague, Smith story last week. So maybe uh, right. some he, legendary wide receivers of the aughts. You have a connection <laughs> with them, right? And, they, and he's Steve like, hey, Smith Greg. pet you on the head. Yeah. Hey, I'm gonna miss working with you, buddy. But this is a great <laughs> opportunity for me. He's like, absolutely, Reg, you're royalty up there in Indy. So good luck to you. Thanks, Greg. How are the kids? How's the wife? Awesome, bro. How's yours? Amazing. We're so blessed. Yeah. Same. Same. Hey. Catch you later. Remember, uh, remember that story you told about you and Ed Reed, uh, roommates oh, yeah. in college with the snake and everything. That was great. I like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Thanks, to everybody behind the glass. You know. Because you could be on an island uh, paradise vacation right now, and yet you choose to be at the office during the busiest week of the year. It's very admirable. So we respect you for it. All right. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, So make sure uh, you are here because there's so much more that will happen between literally six huge things will happen in 10 minutes, and we'll be mad. But then we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show. So be there for that. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Heed the call. (laughs) 